0: Green and growing, better each year. Green and growing, you know, we were talking about here. fun earlier. Are you telling me that when you hear this music, the first thing you don't feel is fun? You're bebopping around, you're pumping your fists. It's like going in a time machine back to the 70s. It also means that our Bucks buddy. His name's not Tom, it's Justin Garcia is back for another year with us. Bucks shots, Bucks talk, Bucks and 30, Bucks and 60, Bucks and 90. This week in the Bucks. Can't remember what show I listened to earlier this week on my ride to and from Milwaukee, but he's got another show now. I'm still waiting for Buck's real estate, Buck's house, Buck's house. It is Justin Garcia on Wilde and Tausch. Justin, good morning. How are you, buddy?
1: I am uh, great. How are you guys? All right. What
0: show? What show did I listen to the other night? Buck's week. It's a murder
1: she wrote
2: all over again. <laughs> Dude, there is. Those bugs real? It is the weirdest thing. Uh, You ask people. You ask JG what he is doing. You ask the head of CBS what the TV. Dude, you have a phone, or go buy a TV guide or a radio guide, and you can figure it out. You're like, what is going on? Buy a radio guide. Yeah. Everybody's got one. JG, what's the programming? What's on at three a.m. WTMJ? Like, what, what are we
0: doing here, Chase? We're Jace? giving Justin to promote his show. So when I ask uh, it, are we? Perhaps I know the answer, oh. but I want to give him the opportunity to tell
1: everyone about it. Okay, mm-hmm. great idea. I don't know if you, yeah, I don't know if you do know the answer, but that particular show I believe you're referring to. Was uh, Bucks Weekly, which uh, airs every week, as you could uh, tell from the title there. So we'll be back again next Monday, not to be confused with uh, the clever named Bucks Talk, which airs after every Bucks game. Uh,
0: Bucks Weekly, yes, very creative. You guys, you guys, you're masters of the marketing. Good work. Uh, Are you ready for some basketball? You've taken in some preseason basketball. It is still before Halloween. Tausch thinks that there's a different holiday that the NBA should start on, and that is Christmas. Are you ready for the season, and how are you mentally as you enter this season with the Bucs?
1: I am more than ready for the season. It's uh, it's weird because it was a normal offseason, so it feels like forever ago. Right. At the Bucks last played basketball because you look at the last two off seasons, it was three months and two months, and here we get basically five months from playoffs to regular season and four months of everything, you know, full time off. So uh, I am uh, I'm ready for it. I got to watch parts of 12 different NBA games last night, which was a nice treat. We kind of suffered through. Um, the probably most forgettable preseason we've seen under Coach Budenholzer, but uh, now that's in the past. And not only is the season here, but you open up with a big matchup.
0: All right, Justin, uh, I, I really enjoy sending Taush stories that are written by our other Bucks buddy, uh, Eric Name, and I did that yesterday for him about Giannis. Uh, I'm sure you read it because you do a lot of prep for all the different programs that you host where do you think Giannis is at as this season starts? And how do you feel about kind of what is next for him after what he's accomplished to this point and last year's playoff exit?
1: Uh, I read it because you, uh, I think, mistakenly left me on the chain. So I just see all the text that <laughs> you send to that group and get to post for content. So I did see that. Uh, he's, he's in an interesting spot now because it's basically – Uh, What Nikola Jokic is going to experience this year is what Giannis did uh, like two, three years ago where you show your importance and you win awards and get accolades like the MVP and then it becomes a we're sick of this person, they can't win it again until you win a championship. And he did that. And I think what you're starting to hear more and more of is as legendary as his performance was in the finals, in 2021 where we thought a week prior he was done not only for the playoffs, but maybe the entire following season as well. And then he comes back and and puts up the performance he did and scores 50 in a, a closeout game. It was what he did against the Celtics to not take anything away from his teammates. But Giannis carried that team to a game seven against a Boston Celtics team that was very clearly a better team than the bucks were at least as those two teams were formed with no chris middleton so what he did in consecutive postseasons i think has basically bought him all the goodwill in the world that you're hearing a lot of people say you know what he did against the celtics as crazy as this is it's just as impressive if not more than what he did in that playoff run to the finals and the series against the suns where now you're starting to hear more and more people say well why isn't Giannis the front-runner for MVP? We all think he's the best player in the world. We think this Bucks team is going to be one of the top teams uh, in the Eastern Conference and all the NBA. Like, this guy should clearly be the guy that's that's getting that attention. I think the one thing to keep an eye on, obviously, is his summer and playing in Eurobasket. We know the Bucks like to be extra cautious. So I do question, not that Giannis is going to miss half the season, but how many games... You know, he's going to play in, is it going to be around 65, 68? Can you win an MVP if that's the amount of games you play in? But also, what does that mean for the Bucks? Because this is an Eastern Conference that we've said for the last few years keeps getting better. It's the best that we've seen in a while now. And teams like, you know, the Cavs who are in your division, like what the Bulls did last year, we've seen all these teams get better. And it's been the teams at the midpoint of the conference which takes away a lot of those wins on nights where you're resting guys or you don't play your best. And for teams like the Bucks who are going to be dealing with injuries early in the season, that's something you kind of have to file away and wonder, well, how's this going to impact the standings? And does it drop the Bucks down a seed line?
2: Yeah. JG, do you think that Giannis is all right with the idea of sitting out 15, 16 games? Because, that sounds like a lot, and there's no doubt with the stress and the strain of what he did this summer. You want him fresh for April and May and June, but that seems like a that seems like a lot. You know, barring the fact, hopefully he doesn't have any injuries he's dealing with, but he's had the knee, he's been resting. You're thinking he's going to sit that many games?
1: Well, he played 67 last year, so he missed 15 then. Um, missed 11 games the year prior in the 72-game season. So we're kind of, and I think it was 9 or 10 that he missed in the COVID-shortened year. It's typically been like 7 to 10 up until that season that he would miss. But the last two years, it's been a little bit more. And uh, does he he want to miss time? No, as we've heard over and over again. And Eric talked about his story as well. That's part of the craziness that he's kind of embraced and said you have to have. Uh, but, you know, we've heard Coach Budenholzer talk about it a little bit with Giannis, and, and even guys like, you know, you may laugh at it, but Sandro Momuchelishvili did a lot in the summer with summer league. He played in Eurobasket, and he took out a heavy workload in Eurobasket as well. So they have a couple of these guys that they're going to monitor the minutes. And I think the spot the Bucks are in is once you get to – let's say mid-November, December is when you would assume you're going to be full strength. We still don't know the timeline of Chris Middleton. It sounds like it's going to be a couple of weeks. Once you have all those guys work back in the mix, they can afford to do that because this really is the deepest team they've had under Bud. It's just kind of similar to last year where you think back to the first month of the season a year ago and think about the names we saw getting regular playing time because, Brooke Lopez mysteriously disappeared after opening night. You still had COVID bouncing around and guys spending time in health and safety protocols. Injuries to a handful of guys. Wesley Matthews wasn't on the team at the start of the season. So it's it kind of trending towards that's where the Bucks are going to be for the first couple weeks where you see a lot of these player groupings or lineup groupings, and you think, man, I did not expect to see this guy playing with those guys. Uh, but once you get to December and guys start to come back, I think what they're going to be able to do is, whether it's Giannis rest days or guys like George Hill and Wesley Matthews, who you know their importance is really for the playoffs and not the regular season, they've built up enough depth once they're healthy that they can afford to say, okay, this guy's not going to play on back-to-back, so we're going to give this guy a game off every three or four games. And and Giannis is going to be a part of that. As much as you know we don't want to see him out there, as much as he wants to play every day, we've also seen him relent a little bit and recognize what this coaching and training staff is doing is actually best for him in the long term.
2: Yeah, I just I hope they give us a heads up so when I decide to <laughs> head down to Leicester I want to make sure I go when Giannis is playing. So J.G., who are some of these guys, the new cats that are going to make an impact on this team? Is there somebody that you're really looking at saying with with Middleton being down and with you know the early part of the season anybody that we should be excited about seeing maybe take a big jump and earn
1: a lot more playing time well not to be the damp blanket I don't really think so but I do I do think the guy that I'm most intrigued to watch this season is actually Sandra Mamukelelleshi because he continues to turn heads and just get better and better at everything he does. He was asked to do a lot in Eurobasket. He was asked to do a lot in Summer League. He carried that load. He's obviously not going to have a high usage rate or be a go-to guy as this team is currently constructed. But he's made some games on the defensive end, and that's really the big thing under Bud is you got to play defense. You have to be assignment sure and know where you need to be, but also make an impact without scoring the ball. And I think we've seen more and more of that from Mamu, not only last season during the regular season, but throughout the course of the summer and in the preseason. So he's a guy I'm very intrigued to see how they mix him in. He's kind of a tweener, and his best spot is probably the four. Doesn't really have a lot of athleticism to to cover guys on the perimeter. So it it all depends on who's on the floor with him, where you can use him. But – He's a smart guy, and he just makes plays when he's on the floor. So, Sandro Marmuchel is really in the first half of the season. I'm curious to see how much playing time he gets and where he, he's used. Once you get in the second half of the season, it's it's all Joe Ingles to see the impact that he has, the pick-and-roll game that he's going to be able to do with Giannis, his shooting ability, and just he's, he's got great vision and is a very good passer, especially for his position and size. And those are all things that the Bucks sorely lacked in their half-court offense, especially in the playoffs with no Chris Middleton. So, uh, as a whole, it's Joe Ingles. In the interim, it's Sandro Mamukelis really. I think a lot of people would probably point to Marjan Beauchamp and Jordan Wara. I've just never been in the camp that Marjan is going to be a big contributor his rookie year. He's, he's still relatively raw. He still has a lot to, to learn here. And, and this is a team that has aspirations to win a championship, with guys situated ahead of him on the roster, so I don't see where there's going to be a lot of opportunities for Mamu, or excuse me, for for Marjan outside of you know right now with no Pat Connaughton and Chris Middleton. But I, I do wonder if this is more Jordan Wara's opportunity, and this, if this is kind of the okay, this is your chance. If it doesn't come together now, it's just not going to happen in Milwaukee. And we see Jordan Wara get a majority of those minutes in the early going.
0: Talking with our Bucks buddy Justin Garcia. He's the best in the business. All that insight, outstanding. Now, the two most important questions for you: One, where does Sandro Mamukeladzevi rank in the most challenging names you've had to pronounce during your Bucks career?
1: Uh, it's pretty easy, I think. I mean, it was it was like the first time. What a show off! It. It's pretty
2: easy. <laughs> no, wait a <laughs> minute. He's going to be Come giving on. him a nickname. <laughs> He's gonna nickname Mamu, Old Boy here pretty oh, soon. He's he's gonna be Old Boy here pretty soon. Watch. Oh, Old Boy had a good
1: game tonight. I mean, it all kind of flows together. Sandro is obviously relatively easy, but you know, yeah. read it and pronounce it slow. Do it a couple of times, and then you got it. I mean, it's not as daunting as a Detegumpo.
0: Well, that's well, who I was thinking fair. of. Who else is on that's the fair. Who else is on the list? Who made the list of names that the great Justin Garcia struggled to pronounce?
1: Um, Well, the one that really got me uh, last year, and it took a former Jayhawk, Dave Kane, to point it out was, uh, and now I'm going to get it wrong, Steve Luke, who was playing for the Lakers, for the Grizzlies, all over the place. Um, and now I'm in my own head. I don't remember if it's Steve Mahailuk. <laughs> it. <laughs> But whatever it, I had been, I had been saying it wrong for years, and it was Dave who was like, actually, I went to, I was there, I, I, I followed the program, I went to Kansas, and that's where he played. It's actually pronounced this way. So that was the most challenging to me because, you know, for Bucks guys, The the amount of regularity you have seen it and familiarity with it, it just kind of goes out the window. But it's Mm -hmm. the opposing teams that will trip you up. All
0: right. And then our other question for you before you go. You have a lot of history in the radio business, including doing a lot of producing. How many waffles are too many waffles to eat while you're supposed to be producing a radio show? Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Um. Well, I would say one. I'm not really a waffle guy and producing a radio show, I'm not using utensils to eat either, which unless you're going in there raw on a waffle, which I would not recommend. No. There's no way around that. So <laughs> I would say no. one is too many. Uh,
2: three is three an hour a bunch. Is three an hour extreme? So he's on six as we sit here. And I don't think I think he's gonna get the he's, nine. He's like the Kobayashi
0: Of waffles today. Is interview done yet? (laughs) Hey JG, we appreciate you, buddy. Thanks.
1: All right, see you guys. That
0: is our friend Justin Garcia. Six waffles in. (laughs) Six waffles in for old boy. Six. Six down, three to go. We always appreciate when Justin makes time for us. You know what would wash down? Those waffles. How about a Coors Light?
2: Oh, (laughs) well, I know there's some in the uh, storage room at the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios. I won't be surprised if we see Jesse because all those waffles, he needs to chill. And Coors Light is the beer to do that. Brewed with a three-step cold process, cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged, so it is made to chill. Born in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado in 1978, Coors Light it is refreshing. It is crisp, and after you eat six waffles, <laughs> only 102 calories is pretty, pretty good. That's right, Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment to chill. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company,
0: Golden, Colorado. More waffles next. It's Wildy and Tausch.
1: You're listening to Wildy and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and sponsored by American Family Insurance.